Christ is born. Glorify him. I'd like to remind you of a couple of verses from our epistle today. St. Paul writes, When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. These few words from St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians sum up everything what we believe and confess as Christians, as well as what the true meaning of Christmas is. And I'd like to take this opportunity to once again assure you that despite the prevailing opinion, Christmas is not over yet. St. Paul begins the sentence I just quoted with the words, when the fullness of the time was come. The apostle doesn't speak here so much of a certain predetermined moment of time, but rather that the long time has come to an end. A long time of waiting. Very long time. Time of waiting not only for the people of Israel, which was filled with longing for the Messiah announced through the forefathers and prophets, but it was the time of waiting for all mankind. It was a time of longing, thirsting for something different, something better, something perfect, true, eternal. And now the fullness of the time was come. The time of a long and often hopeless waiting was over. However, St. Paul speaks in this epistle to the Galatians also about something else, about the time when we, like all mankind, were slaves. Without Christ, left to ourselves, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. By these elements of the world, St. Paul means everything that determines our life and destiny regardless of our own will. And the most terrible expression of which are not the forces of nature, but the evil and sin that nestle within ourselves. In Christ, this age of slavery has ended. St. Paul continues by saying that God sent forth his son. This sent forth, or I would also translate, maybe it's not right in English, but it's correct according to the original Greek, sent out. This sent forth or out means that God 
didn't redeem us and free us from the slavery of sin by sending someone else, someone who would have been outside of him or apart for him from him, but he actually came himself. With our limited minds, we cannot fully grasp the whole nature of the Holy Trinity. But we know the most important thing. God has come to give himself to us and for us and to free us from everything that prevents us from following our true calling as his children created in his image and likeness. The Son of God, who became man, was made of a woman, as St. Paul states. This is crucial. God, who has created us without our participation, didn't want to redeem us and regenerate us without our participation. He was made of a woman and became true man thus elevating the humanity to unprecedented heights. When Jesus later stood before the mocking crowd, demanding his crucifixion, Pilate said of him, sarcastically, yet completely truthfully, Behold, the man. The fact that the Son of God was born into this world as a true man means that he has come as close to us as possible so that we could become as close to him as possible. And even closer, because what is impossible for man is possible for God so that we can become one with him. The Son of God was made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. No matter how hard we try, we can never live a completely flawless, sinless, and perfect life. This means that left to ourselves our fate would be eternal separation from God, since there can be nothing imperfect with God. And without God, there is no hope of eternal life or happiness. The only solution is that God himself must take our place, embrace us purely by grace, and become one with us. As St. Paul tells us in the same epistle to the Galatians, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith 
of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Finally, St. Paul says that God has done all this so that we might receive the adoption of sons. This means that we can receive what has been promised to us and which rightfully belongs not to us, but to Christ alone. Let us think about what a wonderful exchange God has made in the birth of his son as a man. The eternal, perfect, only begotten son of God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, has become son of man, a little baby, and was made under the law. He subjected himself to indignity, suffering, and death, so that we, the slaves of sin and evil, may become the children of God, true sons and daughters of the heavenly King, partakers of his divinity. To us, who are so flawed and imperfect, God bestows his own perfection and holiness in his only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior. The true meaning of Christmas is both the celebration of Christ's birth as a human child and the celebration of our being born again in him as children of God. Christmas is not only the day of Christ's birth into this temporal life, but also our birthday into eternal life. Christ is born. Glorify him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.